Today on The Dwelling Place, we begin a new series in Titus with a message titled, Common Faith. We need to have common faith in the church today for us to experience the power and the glory of God. Church needs to be one in spirit in order to experience the power and the glory of God, in order for mutual edification to exist within the church. Amos 3.3 implies that two cannot walk together unless they agree. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place, you are my dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. Hello and welcome to The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman. We're very excited to have you with us today because we're kicking off a brand new series in the book of Titus. I'm sure you're familiar with the out of order sign. We see them on vending machines, elevators, and if we're being really honest today, we would see them on a lot of churches. Political correctness and the seeker sensitive movement have caused a lot of churches to abandon the truth of the gospel message and instead teach a watered down version what a church is supposed to teach and represent. Pastor Al has titled this series, Setting Things in Order. Let's join him in Titus chapter one. We are in the book of Titus. It's a short book. We're gonna begin and it, it, it deals with setting things in order. That is the uh, theme of the book of Titus. And um, Paul is encouraging uh, Pastor Titus to set things in order in regards to the church in Crete. And I was listening to one of my favorite preachers the other day, uh, Tony Evans, and <laughs> amen. And he was preaching to a group, and, uh, you know, and I was stealing some stuff from his message. And no, I'm kidding. I was, no, I was just listening and really he just confirming some things that God has been showing me and many other pastors at this time that the Lord is shaking things up. And he was mentioning how God would send calamity against the nation of Israel many times. And the things that were happening in Israel, when God was shaking things up, people would think, well, the devil was stirring things up. But the Bible says God was causing the calamity. In fact, the Bible says God says, I cause calamity. And he causes calamity to get the attention of our heart. And a lot of times the Lord shakes things up. We think, oh, COVID's of the devil, you know, all this, you know, and we know that. Sickness and, and all is, is from the enemy. It's uh, due to the fall of mankind because of sin. But, but God, I believe, has allowed the church to be shaken and has allowed the world to be shaken to bring us back to him. Uh, I was just sharing with the guys before we, you know, start, you know, Sunday morning, you know, we have time of prayer. And uh, I was just telling them, you know, I mean, uh, I don't really today, I mean, Compared to 40 years ago, I really don't know how to do church anymore. And I have to get on my face and say, God, what do you want? God is shaking things up. We, a church can't be, you can't do church the old regular way a, anymore. God's doing a new thing. So Lord, show us, lead us, and guide us. And that's why he shook things up in Israel that in the Old Testament. Why he's shaking things up even today, I think, is to get our attention. And so this book, uh, uh, Titus, is, is a, really an appropriate book in that uh, Paul is saying, set things in order. And a lot of times God will shake things up in our lives to get things back in order. So this is kind of a book back to the basics. And I think it's an appropriate book for the times in which uh, we live today. I want to give you a little brief background on, the, on this uh, book, this brief letter to Titus. 
Uh, I've entitled this first installment for our series of messages concerning setting things in order. I've entitled this message Common Faith. Because you have to have <laughs> common faith in order to set things in order. So we're going to focus on that uh, this morning. But a little brief background of Paul is writing this letter, many believe, around A.D. 63 uh, to Titus. And the purpose of his letter, again, is to set things in order within the church there in Crete. Things related to the functionality of the church there in Crete. The Cretans were known for their prosperity they, uh, due to a strong trade economy that they had there on the island. Crete is a large island located in the Mediterranean Sea, 100 miles southeast of modern-day Greece. Again, I believe this letter is applicable to the church today because God, again, is shaking things to bring order back to his house. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says, God is not the author of confusion. The world may be confused, but God calls his church in order. We can't be out of order and confused like the world. He calls us to order. Amen. To order, why? For the mutual edification of the body of Christ. I like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. He was talking about all the gifts of the Spirit and, and all in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And, and then in chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about the greatest gift. What is it? Love. Without love, you're nothing, right? And then in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, he talks about the gifts within the church, the gift of speaking in tongues and all. But he says this because people get all excited about the gifts. They love to come in and, and show off their gifts and uh, all. But Paul says this, 1 Corinthians 14, 12, Even so, you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. I love that. You know, we like to, it's about us. We like to see ourselves excel. And Paul said, no, if you, you really want to excel within the church, then seek the mutual edification of all. That's a great lesson to take even into your marriage. Oh, it gets quiet normally when I say that. <laughs> the mutual edification, really, of all. Not my way or her way, but us moving together God's way. So here we read here in uh, verses, we're going to go a long way here today, right? Verses 1 to 4. <laughs> Amen. Paul begins his letter with this statement, Paul, a bondservant of God. We'll come back and talk about this whole thing about being a bondservant. He's a bondservant of God and to an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which according, would accord to, with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, amen, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. And then he says, to Titus, that was just Paul's introduction, to Titus, a true son in our, this is where I get the title, our common faith. Amen. What was common to Paul? What was common to Paul was being a bondservant of Jesus Christ, our common faith. We need to have common faith, as I mentioned, as in the church today, for us to experience the power and the glory of God. The church needs to be one in spirit in order to experience 
the power and the glory of God, in order for mutual edification to exist within the church. Amos 3.3 says, and implies rather, that two cannot walk together unless they agree. How can we move together? How can we walk together when the church is divided, when there's dissension within the church? Again, I believe the Lord has shaken things up to get us back to the basics, to our common faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Corporate harmony within the church is enforced by individual harmony of its members with Jesus. Paul starts out his letter to let them know that I am a bondservant of Jesus Christ. I'm a bondservant of Christ. I'm walking according to his supremacy in my life. I'm not writing this letter to you, Titus, to impress you with my ability, my writing skills, or, or to appease men. But I want you to know first and up front right now, I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. That'd be a great thing to say for you single believers out there. You know, you find somebody online or whatever, you meet with them. Just show up at the door, you know, boom, 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 you know, open the door. Hey, I want you to know right now, I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. <laughs> See where the relationship goes from there. Amen. I'm just saying. I'm not here playing around. You can't be manipulated. I'm a bondservant of Christ. Amen. <laughs> just, just a thought. Amen. You might want to try that. Might have a lot less dates, but you may try it anyway. <laughs> but he wants them to know up front that who, who his, his loyalty is toward, is to, toward the Lord. And, and again, he, he wraps and folds Titus in this statement. Titus, a true son of this common faith. What? That faith of a bondservant of Jesus Christ. If we do not have common faith in the church, we'll be in danger of devouring one another. Well, that could never happen here at Calvary Worship Center. Oh, I've seen churches a lot larger than ours began to devour each other. And now, you know, they're empty buildings and people talk about the former glory. We must be first bondservants of Jesus Christ. The Bible warns, Galatians chapter 5, it says, For all the law is fulfilled in, our, in one word, even in this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. God has called us. He called Paul, he called Titus, and many of the others to be bondservants. The word bondservant certainly has a negative connotation today. But being a bondservant to Jesus Christ is really the only way to live. On behalf of Pastor Al, I want to thank you for your support of this radio outreach. I don't mean just financially, also in your prayer time. Please continue to pray that the Word of God would become real in the lives of those who hear the messages Pastor Al shares. You can also bless us by telling a friend about the dwelling place and inviting them to listen. And don't forget to visit our website and keep up with everything going on at Calvary Worship Center. Our web address is cwccs.org. Now here's Pastor Al with part two of today's message and what it actually means to be a bondservant of Christ. That Greek word for bondservant is it, the word doulos. Many of you Bible students know it means slave. In the Old Testament, the background of that word is in Paul said, I'm a bondservant. This is the context he was talking about. In the Old Testament, um, the uh, slave of a, in a household that 
desired to dedicate his life to the master's household, give his life to the master's household, the rest of his life to him, uh, would be taken, the Bible says, to the doorposts of the house. And at the doorposts of the house, his ear would be placed against the doorpost, and they would drive, they would pierce his ear. They would use an awl, A-W-L, an awl. It was an instrument that uh, leather makers used to poke holes and and leather, and even carpenters used it, um, and they would pierce the servant's ear as a sign of a lifetime of fidelity, loyalty to his master. So when Paul says, I'm a bond servant, that's the servant he's talking about, that I've had my ear pierced, that I may be loyal. My fidelity is toward my Lord Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 15, 17 tells us of the event. It says, then you shall take an awl and thrust it through the ear of the door, uh, ear uh, to the door, excuse me, and he shall be your servant forever. Also, for your female servant, you shall do likewise. So male or female servant, having their ear pierced as an act of fidelity to their master. You could say, when you think about that, having your ear pierced, and what is it indicative of? Indicative of, of the fact that your, your heart has also been pierced. Your heart is devoted to your master. Our ear is pierced because our heart is devoted to Jesus Christ. Isaiah 50 verse 5 says, The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. God has opened our ears. I often pray before we get into the Word. God, open our ears. Give us ears to hear. Jesus said it in Revelation. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. But we cannot hear if our hearts have not been pierced. If we do not have devotion toward our master, how can we hear? And sometimes our ears are pierced, but our hearts are hardened. And it's evidenced by the fact that we are not changed. It's evidence of the fact that there is heart trouble, that I'm ha I have heart trouble, that I come to church, I hear the word of God, my ear is pierced, but my life has not changed. I've got some serious heart trouble going on. The good news is that God is able to give us a new heart. Aren't you glad about it? He's able to give us a new heart. Lord, I need a new heart. In these troubling times, maybe over this, this, the last almost two years, you know, all the pandemic and all these different things going on, and it's still going on, and your heart has become hardened. Because does God even really hear me? He hears you, and he's able to give you a new heart. Ezekiel chapter 36 says, I will give you a new heart. And put a new heart, spirit rather within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. What's a heart of flesh? It's a heart not of carnality. It's a heart of tenderness. My heart has grown hardened, Lord. Grant me a heart of tenderness sensitive to your touch. I confess that over the years and sometimes it's really easy to have a hardened heart. It's really easy sometimes even for a pastor to produce sermons and yet his heart not be there. And over the years, there's times that I, I've sensed my heart just getting hardened sometimes. And I have to go to God and say, God, give me a new heart. 
You become cynical, you know, with age sometimes. <laughs> God, give me a new heart. God desires to give us a heart that's sensitive to him. I know when I first came to the Lord, that sensitivity, Lord, I want to come back to that sensitivity where you would speak and I would obey. Where I would sense your presence when no one was around. I had a job one time up in Woodland Park. I think I've told you guys about it before, but it's just one of those times in your life. And uh, I, I was out tagging pine beetle trees with a piece, you know, some orange tape, and I had a stick with me for my defense against mountain lions and bears. <laughs> but I remember being out there all alone, and I had a praise on my lips, and I was singing to the Lord. He was putting a new song in my heart, and, <laughs> and I sensed his presence. I was in the wilderness of the forest, and God was with me. Wherever you are right now, the Lord is with you as well. God is there to give you a new heart. You have no defense. Just got a little stick <laughs> against the wiles of the enemy or whatever, but God is there with you. Amen. It's just comforting to know that God is able to give us a new heart no matter where we are. So let our ears not just be pierced and our hearts be hardened, but Lord, give us a heart of flesh. This is what Paul is speaking about here. In fact, Paul says, you know, speaking about the heart of a bondservant or the, the the, the mindset of a bondservant. He also mentions here three evidences of our common faith. Common faith means that we're bondservants. And, and again, I want to remind you that we're, we're going to, the theme is that we're talking about is setting things in order. We can't set things in order if believers are not, do not have common faith. Now, I'm going to share with you three things that Paul says in his introduction here that we all need to have in common. The first thing that he mentions here that we need to have in common is common salvation. You go, well, thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> We're here because we do have common salvation in Jesus Christ. Well, in a lot of places in church, it needs to be said, they're not teaching that salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. And there's some people in church who think that somehow, yeah, knowing Jesus, but also my works is what saves me. It's in Jesus Christ alone. We need to be reminded of that today so that we do not bite and devour one another as believers. If we think our salvation is in our ethnicity, we are sadly mistaken. That if I'm black, I'm right. If you're white, you're wrong. Or if you're white, you're right. If I'm black, you know, I'm wrong. If you think your salvation is in your ethnicity, you're sadly mistaken. It's not in our ethnicity. If you think your salvation is in your politics, you are sadly mistaken. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Or it's in, you know, your uh, political correctness or whatever. You are sadly mistaken. Our salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. Here's the problem that we're facing in the church today because churches are splitting over issues that are in the world. And we, what we're doing is we have exalted the issues above the righteousness of Christ, and we are accepting one another based on the issues rather than a person's salvation in Jesus Christ. That's what we're doing. This is dangerous. This is deadly. We need to get back to the basics. And Paul says, we have this common salvation. You say, well, where does he say that at? He says it right in the beginning where he says, according to the faith of God's elect. I'm a bondservant in Jesus Christ, bondservant of God, and a, 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 
an apostle of Jesus Christ, a messenger of Jesus Christ. How? According to my faith as God's elect. Faith in what? Faith in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. Faith in Jesus Christ alone. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 says, For you are all sons of God. How? Through faith in Christ Jesus. Just mark that down. Now, why, what is, why is that so important? Because, you know, he says here that we are the elect, and that word elect throws a lot of people off. Election does not mean rejection. Because the Bible says God does not wish that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible tells us that in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. God wishes that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And then, of course, the classic, John three sixteen: God so loved, what? The world. Now, there will be people who will be lost, but they are basically lost because they have rejected God's love. But God's desire in his heart for you is not that he, you be punished or that you have eternal judgment, but that you be saved and not lost. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, you know it well, that whosoever will believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Then he goes on to say, John three seventeen, for God did not send his son to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Amen? So that thing of election, well, what does it mean? He says elect. When we're in Christ, we are elected. When you give your life to Jesus, you become a son or daughter of God. And God calls you elect in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that we're elected not based on our righteousness or our merit, but based on the merits of Christ alone. If we do not remember that, we'll fall into the air of the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You remember there in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Corinth was a very carnal town. It was a seaport. It's a, uh, you can go back and go and see the ruins of it in Greece today, the city of Corinth. And uh, a lot of carnality, but it didn't just stay in the world. It seeped into the church, and um, they began to divide. Because they felt like they were, you know, we're, we're the elect, we're the elite. And we, they began to, it was really the beginning of denominations <laughs> uh, there in Corinth. Uh, we could say because, you know, there were people saying, I'm of Paul. There was another group saying, I'm of Apollos. And then another denomination saying, we're of Peter or as Cephas. And Paul shows up and says, hey, you know, is Christ divided? Is Christ divided? At Calvary Worship Center, is Christ divided in his church? Of course not. But he will be divided if we begin to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. You're tuned in to The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman, Senior Pastor at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you enjoy Pastor Al's teaching ministry, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al wherever you go. You'll find a link for a free download at our website, cwccs.org. The Dwelling Place is also available at oneplace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy The Dwelling Place on this station. You can also share a prayer request with us. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Did you know that The Dwelling Place is a listener-supported ministry? We count on your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. You can support this program with a one-time gift or become a monthly supporter. 
If you'd like to join our support team, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. You can also watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. You'll find directions and service times for both locations at cwccs.org. Join us next time for another study in the Book of Acts. The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman is presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. 